Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 142 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. And oh, holy lord, we are back down to earth, aren't we? After a 20 to 17 defeat to the Chicago Bears in Chicago, um, <sighs> I'm still really frustrated about the game and the result and the performance. And here to dissect it here with me all. I mean, it's, it's normally a ray of sunshine. Um, but will those rays be piercing through the clouds of doom on this podcast? Nathan Palmer, what are you saying? How you doing, Mark? How you doing, my son? Uh, fine, yeah, apart from, you know, the obvious. But uh, how are you, more to the point? Nah, I'm like a grey cloud. I'm like a grey cloud, you know, it's frustrating and like you said um it is bringing us all down to earth a bit when you get off to a good start like that against the vikings and it wasn't necessarily the most glamorous performance in the world and i think a lot of people thought there was some holes in the team and it was a bit questionable at times ultimately we got the win which was huge but those holes were very much present in um the game against the bears weren't they they were um the bengals were 20 points to three down with about, I think, eight minutes left, and we got back to 2017, but just couldn't finish the job off, even whether the momentum was with us very strongly, I thought. And if Trey Hendrickson had just managed to hold on to, or just tripped him up, tripped Justin Fields up, I have no doubt that we would have at least got a field goal uh, in regulation and could have got on to win it who knows uh but it was a case of too little too late nathan wasn't it it was and it was a furious comeback they really clicked into gear it was a bit more aggressive logan wilson did a cracking job with that interception of fields and they really did have a chance and like you said trey hendrickson there's a couple of um screenshots of um that play going around on twitter and he's literally got him when you look back at it you're like oh man if he could have just like you said managed to sort of trip him or just keep hold of him and slow him down. I think it might have been a different finish because you could tell that stadium was very, very nervous. It was a bit of a sort of raging comeback from the Bengals and they looked like they had it. Um, you know, they had the Bears there for the taking. I mean, they absolutely didn't deserve to, mm. um, but that is the NFL for you. You know, it's uh, things can change quite quickly and momentum is a huge factor. And for however bad the Bengals were um, yesterday, they had a chance at the end there. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think overall, though, it was just a very flat, very lacklustre performance across the board from the offence, wasn't it? It was. Um, Shall we go a bit deeper into the game then? We might as well get it all get, over Get your with. shovel out, my son. OK, get get my shovel out and start digging. Uh, let's get some reactione. Reactione, reactione. Right, reaction time, Nathan. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know where to start, really, because I always say that I don't know where to start, because, again, a lot happened in this game. Like the Vikings games, a lot happened, and not all of it good. In fact, I would say 60% of it not very good. Um, Bears started off extremely well, I thought, looked really sharp. Obviously Andy, done... Dal- Andy Dalton, like Tom Brady out there. Oh, goodness me. The red rifle uh, <laughs> rifling away there. And um, a couple of silly penalties from us. We looked, you know, came out kind of really not very well disciplined, I thought. But then as soon as they scored that touchdown, it was uh, a much, much better defensive performance by the Bengals. And throughout the game, they looked pretty good apart from again Eli Apple on a silly pass interference call they were obviously targeting Apple I, mean, I want to make loads of Apple puns but I'm, I'm not going to um, yeah I mean for the most part defense looked pretty good again pass rush was okay you know pretty good uh, but they made a few crucial mistakes at just the, the wrong times that 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 missed tackle by Cheeto on in the second half on third and whatever it was that was really annoying, um, but on the, on the whole defense played well, didn't they? Don't you think? Yeah, I think they did. I think everyone's getting a little bit carried away considering I, the Bears are going to be one of the worst offenses in the NFL this season, and I think for them to have to make a change midway through the game like that with coming out and fields. I mean, that's his first ever game. You know, he's yeah. been thrown in a difficult, difficult situation um, off to come off the bench like that. And he, he, to be completely honest, was very poor. If you look at the stats, I think mm. he was 6 of 13 with a pig. I mean, he used his feet a little bit. And, you know, he's a rookie. It's his first ever game coming in like that. But ultimately, he's got to win. And I think for the Bengals, yeah, we, I think we were fairly strong on defence. We certainly got some pressure. I thought we played the run really well. Yes, again, um, again, I thought that two was weeks very, in a row. Yeah, it's very disciplined. And we've placed two very, very good running backs in Cook and uh, Montgomery there in the first two weeks. And I thought we did a really good job with that. Quite a few tackles for losses and really sort of knifing into the background. Larry Ogunjobi was excellent. I thought yeah. he played really well. And he's looked like a really solid addition to the team, which is fantastic. DJ Reader um, with his first sack in strikes yes. as well. Go on, DJ. Um, I think that I think that's a much improved part of the team is the run defense because a couple of years before that, teams were just slicing and dicing us. And mm. I think that now you go and grab a guy like DJ Reader, and he's obviously fit and healthy now. And Ogan Joby, I think, had an incredible training camp and off season. He looks like an absolute tank, the geezer. Um, so I think that's a really strong part of of the team there. But um, yeah, I wouldn't get too excited based on the sort of team we were playing there. I think when you that defence goes up against the Ravens and it goes up against some slightly more high-powered offences, I'm going to be interested to see how they perform. But that's not to take away from the fact that, yeah, I think you're right, the defence did play did play well yesterday. Logan Wilson, 84.1 on PFF. DJ Reader, 78.9. Mike Hilton, 73.6. Von Bell, 69.2. Um, so they, those guys all had good games, and I'd throw in there, like you say, Ogan Job. Surprised he didn't sort of, you know, appear on that stat sheet. You know, Josh Tupu again, and BJ Hill, who's looking to be a great piece of business for the Bengals. Jesse yeah, that, Bates. That's look, look, 
that's looking like a very good trade, isn't it? Considering that Billy Price is not doing a whole lot over at New York. And mm. I don't think that if he was here, he'd be making a whole lot of impact or improvement on that offensive line, to be completely frank. And he'll win two games. He's been involved. He's on the stat sheet. I, I've been very impressed with what we've seen from him, um, only having to give up Billy Price. And yet, Logan Wilson, um, you know, Trey Hendrickson with the one and a half sacks uh, causing problems. And of course, that crucial strip sack. Logan Wilson just couldn't pick it up, could he? He just couldn't. Oh, mate. Oh, so close. And Justin Fields managed to get his hand in there and knock it away. I mean, I do think a lot of people are kind of saying, oh, Logan Wilson, why don't you pick it up and, you know, scoop it up and take it back to the house? But I, I, I think you have to give credit to Justin Fields there. He just got his hand mate. in the way, you know, just 100%. in the nick of time. And I, it was I an incredible th- play by Fields because he was no, you couldn't even see him in the screenshot at the start of it. And then mm. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the geezer's his paws in there and he's just managed yeah. to knife it away and get it back. It was a very, very well played. And I know a lot of people saying Logan Wilson, fall on the ball, fall on the ball. Logan Wilson, if, if, he'd, if he had have fallen on the ball, everyone would have been saying, what's he doing? He's got a clear path to the end yeah, zone, pick yeah, it up and yeah. run it in. So I think hindsight's a beautiful thing there. He had a couple of steps on them there and it's that, that ball can bounce in funny ways and obviously he's conscious there's people running after him chasing him but he definitely should have had that and I think if he had picked it up and taken it into the end zone I think it may have been a very very different game there yeah and um, I think I think as Bengals fans we're obviously extremely pissed off and frustrated because I think we all feel I mean we all felt and we still feel the majority of us that game was there for the taking against a team that was there for the taking and uh, for whatever reason, we just couldn't do it. And um, But sometimes you have to give credit to the Bears, or, or you, at least your opponents, and in this case, the Bears, because they're not a great team. And I, I would imagine they'd end up around 500 or just below, a bit like last year, really. Um, but they'd obviously, you know, rookie defensive coordinator, they came out after last week's battering against the Rams. They shored up the secondary. Uh, they were Mac. They got Mac and Hicks going completely, um, and some of that was, you know, because of our offensive game plan. And we'll get to that in a minute, I would imagine. Um, but some of that was just like an improved performance. And sometimes you do have to give credit to the opposition. I thought they played pretty well on defense, that's for sure, um, and just obviously did enough to win. And uh, credit to the Bears and, and the way they've sort of come into this game with their own game plan and, and nullified us. And it's hard to hear, I know, but, um, you know, because last, last last week, you know, they got burned deep. What what did they do this week? They played two deep safeties for pretty much all of the game. Um, they certainly tied, tightened up on coverage and their tackling. They, they looked at what we were doing last week. And they sat on the on the short and intermediate route, so it was very difficult to get the ball out quickly because our receivers weren't open. They were fully expecting that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you have to say fair play to the Bears, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's extremely frustrating because we. I still maintain that we have the talent to beat these kind of teams, and we should be yeah. beating these kind of teams. I have to say. Yeah, completely agree, and. Like I said, our schedule is not too bad at the start and it gets a lot more difficult down the stretch. I mean, we've got to go and play the Ravens twice, who look very good. The Steelers, I think, look fairly fairly solid as well. They're always tough divisional games and truthfully, so do the Browns. It feels weird to say that, but they do. And 
they're going to be six incredibly hard games for us. We've got the Chiefs on that schedule. The Raiders look very good that we've got to play as well. So a game like that against the Bears, and not to ever wish an injury on anyone, but if you're playing against a rookie quarterback who's coming into the game like that because of an injury, that's even more of an opportunity there to take that. And for the Bengals, you get to 2-0, and even if it's an ugly win, even if you win it at the death or there's a couple of defensive touchdowns, the confidence it builds getting out there to 2-0, and you can afford to drop a game or two then after that and, you know, move forward. So I, I just think that was such a ripe opportunity for the taking that game, like you said, coming off a good win in overtime. And we just didn't rise to the, the occasion at all. I mean, the offense, I know they really sparked into action and the stats for Burrow and a couple of the receivers will be very, very padded from that, that solid showing in the fourth quarter. But... Really, before that, for three, three and a bit quarters, it was it was extremely poor. I mean, three back-to-back interceptions for Joe Burrow. You, after 199 without throwing one, was just crazy. And Mixon was nullified on the day. We just couldn't get anything going. There was no rhythm. The creativity from the play calling was very questionable. A lot of trying to force the runs. So. I think that was disappointing. And the one thing that I, I read an article during the week, I think it was on Cincy Jungle, and I thought it made a really interesting point that not many people are talking about, is at the moment if Joe Burrow's on some sort of pitch count, because he averaged about 40 passing attempts a game um, last season in the 10 games that he played, and that's with him coming out early in that 10th game. So far in the two games that he's played, only 27 attempts against the Vikings, and that was in five quarters of play. And only 30 yesterday, and that's far below what we're used to seeing. And you can see Zach Taylor very heavily trying to run the ball on first and second down, and a lot of people criticising him for consistently peddling the run on second and long when it's not putting us in great mm. opportunities. And I do worry, or sorry, I do wonder if Joe Burrow, they're trying to keep him to sort of 30, 35 attempts a game um, and manage him. Because when he does take some of these shots, and he's been sacked nine times, he's been hit more than that. There was a couple of pretty nasty ones yesterday. I don't think, when I see him sort of after a couple of those hits and he's, run, he's running around and stuff, he doesn't look 100% to me. I think there's still some soreness in that knee. I think he's still getting it back. He recovered very quickly. And it's not nice seeing him taking those shots um, as many as he has. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Zach Taylor um, and Brian Callahan are trying to limit him a bit, which is um, cons- sort of restricting the game, uh, the planning of the games and what sort of, what sort of um, things they're calling. Because at the end of last season, before his injury, they were going into games, throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game, um, maybe more than that. So that's certainly something that I think is an interesting uh, observation to monitor going forward. You see, I don't know why everyone's getting hit up about this. I think it's great. I think it's great that they're trying to balance and get the run going. I think this is exactly what you need. Um, but it's but, not working, Sam. Well, that's 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 the final part. Will you shut up and let me finish? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as I was going to say, if it's not working, you've got to change your, your approach quite quickly. And it seems to me that Zach isn't changing or rolling with the punches. It worked pretty well last week because Mixon had a really great game. And I think Joe Burrow had a really great game last, last week as well. But I wouldn't be so perturbed if, you know, Mixon came out and just threw for 20 times a game as long as the runner game was going. But yesterday... um. The running game wasn't getting those big chunks like we saw last week. It was kind of two, three yards. I think Mixon, what did he get? 69 yards on 20 carries, 3.5 and average. 
So, you know, not disastrous by any count, but you're not getting those kind of runs, those chunk runs that puts the defence on their on their heels, you know. And, and then you can sort of bring play action into play and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I, I the thing I wonder about Joe Burrow, or was wondering about Joe Burrow yesterday, was are we putting too much on him pre-snap? It almost looked as though yesterday at times that he was audibling every single play. And um, I wonder if that's just too much for him at the moment. Obviously, his processing speed is off the charts and he's fantastic. And he can diagnose situations at the line of scrimmage like, you know, way beyond his years. But I just got the impression yesterday that he seemed to be audibling, you know, if not every play, but every other play. And uh, just as I was thinking that, he threw that into uh, that pick six to Roquan Smith and... I just wonder, it was like, right, maybe he's, maybe there's just too much on him. Maybe, maybe at this stage, you know, maybe there's just too much on him. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, you know, he'll probably, if he's sitting here in this room at the moment, he'd probably tell me to shut up and he's fine. And what do I know? And, uh. I bet you he would say that. And I'd tell him, I've just done my first ever park run. So what does he know? I'm catching up to you in fitness, uh, stake. I did my first ever park run at the weekend. How exciting is that? That's uh, how much le- is that? Is that is that five k or ten k? Five k, five k. Good for you, son. Good for you, son. Yeah, yeah. You know, I to be honest, I how walked... long did it take you? Two and a half hours. <laughs> it took me most of the day, to be honest with you. Um, but it was it was funny because um, I walked around this uh, the building, the pavilion, and there was like three hundred and fifty people there, and uh, it was like, oh my god. And uh, they're all dressed in in their lycra and their running gear there. And uh, I was dressed in, not dressed in lycra, all my running gear. Well, I had trainers on and a pair of shorts. But And I was, I was talking to the master. I said, look, you know, I'm a smoker and I put on a lot of weight during lockdown. But, you know, it's all right if I walk, isn't it? It's all right if I walk. And he said, yeah, there's loads of walkers. That's the whole point. It's not, not it's a no pressure sort of situation. We, you know, we get serious runners who tear off into the distance and then we get loads of walkers, you know. And then the the guy kind of said, three, two, one, go. So I thought, right, I just kind of canter a little bit and walk at a nice brisk pace and build myself up and start jogging a bit and then walk a bit and then jog a bit, you know, build myself up. Everyone started running and I was just standing there on the, on the starting line on my own. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, oh, God, I've got to start running now. So I started running and uh, about half a mile later, I stopped. And But then people, you know, like women with children in buggies were kind of walking past me and enormous <laughs> men were walking past me. A man of at least 85 kind of went past me. And uh, it was all a bit embarrassing, really. Um, but I did it in, in 48 minutes and that was kind of walking for most of the way. Uh, and hopefully I'll, my aim is to do it within 30 minutes and... Uh, uh, so I think I can do that in the next couple of weeks. Well, you have so. to keep you have to keep us updated, my son. Well, it's podcast goal, Nathan. I'm sure the listeners mm. will be tuning, especially if the Bengals season goes to shit and we start losing about three or four games. <laughs> this will become a regular feature. Paul Paul's we park could, run, park life, park, yeah, we, park and life. You have with to Paul. update us every week on the times, oh, and, Lord, and you will have to pressure. go over over or under what you're going to get. All right, okay. Anyway, tangent, 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 back to the game. Uh, so, yeah, I thought, you know, when Woquan Smith uh, took that interception into the end zone, 
his uh, but I just thought there was maybe just a little bit too much being put on Borrow's shoulders, you know. Um, but I think most people are discussing what what is going on. Why is it so conservative? Why is the game plan so conservative? My question is, why did they come out in in loads of empty sets yesterday? And, uh, and and kind of, you know, not see the Bears were kind of prepared for that, really. That was my big question from yesterday. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point for sure. I mean, for me, the thing that's the most frustrating is the amount of games we're losing by one possession. And you go back to 2018 mm. and we're 5-19-1 mm. in one possession games since 2018, which is the lowest win percentage in the NFL. And we've, we've banged on on this podcast, and I know it's been talked about in the media and the press, about um, how often the Bengals are situational football, situational football, playing the big plays. What if Logan Wilson had picked up and ran it in? What if Trey Hendrickson brings down um, the quarterback and obviously we go on and win the game from there and it's frustrating because we need we just need to get over the line and I think against Minnesota fantastic you get that win in a tight spot and we're going to be in a lot of tight games this season we're a very average team I would say right in the middle of the pack I think we should be aiming for about nine wins um, but I think realistically we might get seven or eight and we're going to be in a lot of tight games because we're an average team and I think we've got to um, we've really got to try and we're like build that winning mentality when these situations get tight and they're one score games and one big play wins it or loses it. And that's just the experience I think we need. And that does come down to coaching, making the right calls in tight situations and having the mentality to get us over the line. I just think that's something we're going to need uh, in some of the games this season. And we, we've got to see an improvement, I think in those, um, in those types of games. But don't you think the game plan was a bit out of whack yesterday? I mean, I, I Oh yeah. I get yeah, the I, mean, I get the empty set stuff, but that again, that only works if uh, your offensive line is any good. And they were quite obviously not on the same page. There were so many blocking assignments missed yesterday. Yeah. And um, the we thing, the, 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 thing pre- the thing with empty set is well, sorry, just let me finish this bit. Um, the thing with empty set is it kind of telegraphs what you're going to do. It's like we're spreading this out. We're not going to, you know, we want to get the ball out really quickly, which means very short and intermediate routes, right? So you're telling, you're you're more or less telling the opposition what you're going to do with an empty set formation. And, um, uh, and of course, the Bears are all over it, absolutely all over it. And, um, you know, they didn't play empty set all the time, but a lot of the time they did. And Zach came out and said we were doing it because we... Well, we were kind of frightened, I guess, of the of Mac and and uh, Hicks, who played very, very well, and Bilal Nichols and all that kind of stuff, all those kind of guys. But it just kind of said, look, you know, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get it out quickly. We're not messing around here. We're just going to pass it five yards, ten yards, fifteen yards, and uh, uh, and the Bears were just completely all over that. And of course, Burrow, if you if you empty set. Um, Burrow's not going to have enough time to kind of set up himself and set his feet and look downfield and go for the big one, you know. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a curious head-scratcher from Zach there. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's like, what do you do? Do you risk having more protection on the line and less receivers in the game 
uh, that gives you greater flexibility, I would say, to be honest with you. Because um, then you could have a couple of tight ends in the game or a, or a, a running back in the backfield, obviously. Um, and then you could kind of work from there. And at least, you know, with a bit more protection, you could maybe say to Jerry, right, you've got another couple of seconds, more seconds, uh, get the ball down the field. But they only sort of started doing that really midway through the the third quarter, I think. And, um, and then, of course, T. Higgins fumbles the ball. And then that was weird. Joe Burrow, was it three consecutive passes? He threw three consecutive interceptions. Yeah, so uncharacteristic. I mean, he's just weird, isn't he? Especially after 199, where has he hasn't thrown one. Been, get... Has that ever been done before? I don't know. But it just seems like a very unusual statistic. And um, I don't know. Um, that was very weird. But then you've got to give him credit. He came back, threw a, you know, not a perfect ball to Jamar Chase downfield, got it for a touchdown, threw another to T. Uh, so you've got to say fair play to Joe. He put those three interceptions behind him. But... Yeah, very curious. I, I did think he was trying to force the ball to T. Higgins quite a lot yesterday, even in really, really tight yeah. coverage. So it wasn't like I'm... It was a surprise he threw that ball to T, but it wasn't because he'd been doing that all game, I think. And, um, yeah, just a head-scratching performance all around on that offensive side of the ball, I think. I think the offence will get better with communication, and I think it's a good point. Um, about that being a big thing because you, you see they didn't barely play together in the preseason. Um, this offense, that line's just getting used to it. I mean, it's a very different offensive line than last season. People coming back from injuries. Riley Reed's obviously come in um, from Minnesota, so they're still gelling themselves together. You think Burrows and he played twelve NFL games. He's still learning. Um, Joe Mixon's taking on a new role. I mean, he was very much used to a committee with Geo, certainly mm. for pass, um, you know, third down and stuff like that, where you're going to be passing. Um, he's now in there trying to pass block, which hasn't been successful so far. And that's going to be something that he's going to have to work on and improve because you just forget it's criminally underrated how good Geo was in pass protection. That was one of the big things in his game. Oh, it doesn't go down on the mate. stats sheet. It, Sorry, carry on. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, that, I was agreeing with you by making a noise there. But, um... <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he was fantastic at that. And again, it's not something that goes on the stat sheet. It's not something that people necessarily realise with a running back like that. But that was one of his big things. And for however bad the offensive line was um, over the last couple of seasons, Geo was a real sort of shining star in the pass protection um, on those passing downs. And I mean, that's a tough job for Mixon to replace. So. Yeah, I think I think it'll get better. I mean, there's certainly the talent there. I mean, you've seen it. The three receivers are fantastic. I, I think the line is better than it was last year. And I think hopefully Frank Pollock can continue whipping these guys into shape and they can get some more reps under their belt and it will improve. And some of these protection schemes are going to be a bit more, you know, a bit better communicated and we're not going to have any, um, you know, as many issues like this. But it needs to improve soon because we can't have Joe Boy taking nine sacks in two games off of that many. I think I think the percentage of him dropping back and being sacked about 15%, which is higher than it was last season so far, albeit that's on a um, obviously only through two games. But it's, it has got to improve because we can't afford um, for him to keep taking as many shots as he has. Our good friend, Joe Goodbury. Um, uh, Joe Mix, a PFF's rating uh, in pass protection for uh, Bengals running backs. Samaje Pirine, 30.3, not great. Joe Mixon, 25.8. Not great. Gio Bernard last year, 73.0. So there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of a drop-off there. 
Holy Lord. Um, I They played really poorly against in-pass protection yesterday. There was a couple of times when they missed their blocks. Um, that has to be improved. And, you know, the strength of last week, you know, Jonah and uh, Riley Reef not letting anything pass them. They were both accountable for, you know, two sacks, you know, one each. Um, one of them, a completely blown communication between uh, Xavier Sirfilo, Pastry, and um, Riley Reef. Um, and it's just like, oh, wow, all the good stuff from last week is gone. Obviously, Khalil Mack's a great player. Akeem Hicks is a great player. So, you know, you're going to have problems with these people. But, yeah, all the all the positive stuff from the offensive line last, last week sort of just kind of flew by the wayside yesterday. And that, and that is a worry, I think. That is a worry because we're playing Pittsburgh next week. And you know what? <laughs> Pun, yeah. TJ Watt might not be playing next week. So, But even then, they're, they're a really good defence. So, oh, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's just really hard. frustrating. Really frustrating. It's still very hard, I think, to know where this team is. And we said it before the start of the season um, that it was hard to grade them and they're probably around an average squad, but obviously there's quite a few unknowns there. And I think through two games, it's obviously quite similar. I thought they did really well to win that game against Minnesota. I thought that was a huge win um, that they desperately needed to get that one to get them off you know, off mm. and underway. And it was a bit of a tricky game, but they got the win out. And I thought that was a massive one for them. But then just a huge drop of an egg against the Bears. And it's going to be very interesting playing that divisional game. Obviously, Zach Taylor went in and beat Pittsburgh um, towards the end of last season, which really, I think, in many ways, saved his job. So it's going to be interesting. As you mentioned, TJ Watt potentially out. Deontay Johnson yes, got a bad that's right. injury yesterday so i wouldn't be surprised if he was out as well so the steelers have got a few injuries we're also and this is the one massive positive that i would say mm, mm. not many people talking about it we have been fairly good from the injury bug perspective yes, thus far. Yeah. I, know, I know trey waynes has obviously not playing but in terms of the game itself we've not had any nasty injuries to key players people seem fairly fit we've got our skill position players healthy so that's positive for us. Well, there's not been any changes on that line. I know last year that was a nightmare. Every week it seemed like we were swapping people in and out because of mm. something or another. So that's positive. And I really am interested. It's going to be obviously always a tough game going into Pittsburgh, especially they're coming off a loss. You know, they're going to be hungry to avenge that. So, yeah, we've just... It, I, don't, I still don't know where we are, son. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit... I was feeling a little bit, even after that win last week, I was absolutely buzzing off my nut, but I was deliberately trying to avoid <laughs> the fact that I thought there was quite a lot of issues. Yes. I thought that was quite clear, and obviously they were terrible against the Bears. But I'm still, in my head, thinking, look, there's a lot of talent on this team. We've said the defence is better. The skill positions on offence are very exciting. In my mind, and I might be probably a bit deluded in saying this, but I think that the offense will get a lot better as the season goes on. I think you would Joe hope Burrow. So. You gonna, would hope so. Yeah, there is a lot of inexperience there. You think Chase is a rookie? Higgins is only a year two player. Burrow's, like I said, has only played twelve games. They're, they're still all young lads on that offense. The so do, do you think? Do you think? Do you think they improve by throwing the ball? A lot of fans are screaming, "Get the ball down the field!" You know, throw it deep. Let Chase do his thing. Are you? Are you an advocate for that? Because I'm. I'm. I am. 
It's easy to say that, isn't it? I think so, yeah. the, I think it's easy to just be like, well, yeah, throw it down the field and they'll catch it and it'll be a touchdown, wouldn't it? I, I, the reality is if you miss a few of these balls, Burrow did struggle at times last year with the deep ball and he missed Chase yesterday. He did, didn't he, down the sideline, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's quite. It's not as easy as that. And you go missing these passes, and you put yourselves in third and longs and whatever else. So it, it's easier said than done, by all means. Um, but yeah, I mean, it certainly worked yesterday at the end when they sort of started opening up a bit and being a bit more aggressive. But I think I thought last year they were playing at one point there when they beat Tennessee and they started yeah. playing quite well down the stretch. Burrow was in his groove. He was throwing 40, 50 times a game. He seemed confident. He seemed like he knew what he was doing. And I think that in an ideal situation, if his knee was 100% and the, the offensive line, the communication issues weren't there and they were protecting him, I think that would be the game plan. Is so, the ball, so you're saying you off. don't think his knee is 100% at the moment? No, not at all. No, I think he's I, fine I on be, that. No, I I think he looks a bit gimpy, and he's not running the ball at all. I mean, yesterday he didn't even attempt to run, and I think his mobility might not be where he'd like it to be, whether it's a confidence thing or whatever else. I just don't think his mobility is where he'd like it to be. I'm not saying he's injured and he's in serious trouble by any means, but I just don't think he's where he would want to be with it. I think he'd probably like another month, six weeks, just keep that rehabilitation going and build up the strength there. I I, I haven't noticed any gimpiness, to be honest. I I agree with you. He's not not extending the play like he... He's not extending any plays like he used to. Um, But... I wonder if that's something that's been he's been told not to. I I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. It's... It could honestly just be me from an anxiety perspective because I know <laughs> how much of a big deal it is that that knee is healthy and he doesn't get hurt again because he's the future of this franchise. And if God forbid anything was to happen to him mm. with his knee this season, it'd be a serious concern going forward. I mean, the amount that he's getting hit. Every time he gets here, I wince and I sort of hope the camera doesn't pan back mm. to him, like, you know, Carson Palmer style and like it did last year for him there, because you just know how meaningful this is. I mean, this is not about a game, winning or losing a game. This is about the next 10, 12, 15, if Tom Brady's involved, 25 years of your mm. franchise. Mm. So I'm just conscious that he builds that strength up and he, he he's not being exposed too early. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, it, it, is, it could just be me being a bit over over dramatic there but i but well, he, as, as you say he is in course to be sacked 70 plus times this year so i think the anxiety is justified and uh you know there's obviously a lot of chat going on about well what do you expect we did the bare minimum in free agency and we drafted someone in the second round who's not ready to play yet so we basically apart from riley reef uh got the same offensive line as last yeah so what do you expect people are saying that and um what do what does that need to do to get this back on track i would like to see him stretch the fit not him personally not run on the field <laughs> himself and snatch the ball away from joe i think his quarterbacking de- backing days are behind him i would like to see him in terms of play calling just to be a bit less predictable because i say if you're empty set you're telling the uh the defense that this is going to be a short pass you know what i mean yeah yeah if if we've got what? more guys on the line, it's going to be a run, probably wide zone to just on the outside, and that's that. I would like to see. I would like you know, if you start passing the ball down the field, you start pushing the defense back, and then you can start mixing it up, short, intermediate. 
Then when the yeah. defense creeps up, you pass long again. You know, it's not. I mean, even I see that. But um, who am I to say? I'm just a an idiot that does park run in 48 minutes. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think things have to change. He has to get a little bit more creative. If he has gonna, if he is gonna go empty set, find a way to get the ball down the field quickly uh, and quite far. Um, just been odd, just been odd to me so far is the lack of the tight end usage. I mean, Uzama, I know he got that catch against Minnesota, the thirty forty yard one to set up the the game at the death there, which was a bit of a bit of a gamble there. But just in generally within the games, he's barely been used. Drew Sample's not been involved at all. I know obviously Thad Moss um, was cut, who seemed like a decent pass catching option. Obviously Burrow's got the connection there with him from LSU, and I was a big advocate for him being involved in the offense this year and it, it does seem odd to me because see the thing with CJ is he's a top bloke and he's a real character on the team and whatever else but he he, he got a fairly sizable contract extension and I'm not expecting him to be Travis Kelsey out there and tearing up games and stuff like that like Rob Gronkowski's been doing over in Tampa Bay but I would like to see him be a bit more involved Burrow did look to him last year a bit saw that big target he threw his first touchdown pass to him etc but I mean you forget Drew Sample second round pick as well someone that I think people want to see something for you don't spend a second round pick on a tight end unless you really want him to be involved in some way shape or form mm. um, well again so that's the, just the way Zach the, 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 he just doesn't play that yeah. way they don't play with tight ends as a real threat in the offence they're purely functional um I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I guess the argument there is if, if they're not going to be used as part of the offense, why give up a you know a second round pick, a high for a second round pick on a tight end, and then pay a tight end that much money to not really be involved in the passing game? It just well, I think I think CJ. I mean, I did there. see on when he was involved yesterday. They were moving CJ all over the place. He was in motion a lot. He was then settling down in the backfield, almost like an H back, almost like a Ryan Hewitt. Sort play you know like an H back and a and uh, a fullback even you know what I mean but uh, obviously that didn't work so that that was uh, I just think the players didn't execute either yes so we can go about the game plan and whatnot but they, the players didn't execute either you know so no, you're right. it was just all round a poor performance by the offense up until the last you know six seven minutes and that's obviously uh, too late um Thought Tyler Boyd had a good game. Yeah, no, he looked great. One made one terrific catch when he was wide open in the first half. Uh, Burrow threw it just behind him, and he had to sort of, you know, one hand it. And that was he's a he's a good player, man. He is a good, just a good very player. consistent. He's, he's going to get you 60, 70, 80 yards a game, seven or eight catches, and he'll chip him with a touchdown um, every two, three games or so. He's a very good player to have in there for us. He is. Well, we'll need him against the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers um, this week, won't we? Um, shall we? Well, I think we've put to bed. Uh, do you feel better about airing all that, Nathan? Do you feel a bit better, or are you, are you kind of still yeah. angry inside? I mean, we well, just quickly before. I mean, we're going to get to the correspondence, and it's probably going to come up there. So if it's premature, to, uh, son, tell me to shut up. Yeah. But Zach Taylor, shut up. A lot of people, a lot of people are angry about him. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I tell you what, let's get to the correspondence because obviously there's a lot of anger and disappointment and most of it is directed at the head coach, as it should be, because, you know... He ta- we haven't mentioned that, have we? We've been quite kind to Zach so Exactly. Far. I am... I am st- The ice that he's skating... Uh, I've got a pond in my back garden 
uh, Nathan, and uh, in the winter, ice is over, and Zach likes to come and skate, do some skating on it. And my ice is quite thin now, I think. It was quite thick before, but now it's quite thin. Uh, does that make any sense? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's is get that- to let's get. Oh, no, let's have an ad break first. And uh, on the notice on the parish notice board this week, of course, is our meetup. Um, uh, that's the big news. October the seventeenth, Sunday, October the seventeenth, at the Tap House uh, room in the Brew. No, what's it called? Tap Brew House and Kitchen. <laughs> Tap room at the brew house and kitchen in uh, Islington, North London, and um, we chose that venue A because we've had one there before, and it's a really good space, really big space. Uh, it's got its own little private bar, so you don't have to go down and mix with the with the with the with the riffraff down in the pub. Uh, it's got really great ventilation because um, a few people have said, you know, why don't you have it at this chilly place? You know, the Cincinnati chilly place in. In shortage. Well, we wanted it to be a bit special because it is the five-year anniversary of the uh, Bengals' first ever London game in 2016. So we wanted to mark that properly, and uh, we wanted a, a room with with really good ventilation. And we were kind of thinking about having it down at the Admiralty, which kind of makes sense, right? Because that's where the first meeting was. But ventilation not great in there. I know some of you are kind of still uh, worried about COVID, and rightly so. Me too. Uh, so I, we're trying to make it as safe as possible for everyone to come and relax and enjoy uh, a live game because we will be showing the Bengals at Lions on the big screen. Uh, we'll have lots of fun stuff to help mark the uh, occasion. Uh, so do come Sunday 17th of October at 5pm at the well, mm, in the tap room at the brew house and kitchen which basically upstairs at the brew house and kitchen all the details uh, are on our social media sites at two day underscore uk bengals uk facebook we'll print uh, we'll be posting the flyers on there as regularly as possible so do come uh, also i want to thank um everyone for watching our online tailgate at the weekend we had some live we had some live music on, which is very exciting. And uh, we'll have more live music as the season goes forward and some cook-offs and some foodie features and all sorts of things. And I'll put the shout out now. If you know anyone uh, who plays music live, who any visual sort of entertainment like magician or fire breather or dancer or whatever... I don't want it to turn into Britain's Got Talent, but I, I'm always looking for new kind of acts to come on and brighten our Sunday evening. So there you go. That's the parish notice board. Uh, do we start dancing on the tailgate, Sam? Well, you haven't been on it yet, uh, Nathan, and I think it's about time you did so. And I would like to see you perform in some way, shape or form on on the tailgate. What would be your performance uh, niche, would you think? If you were asked, would you be a stand-up? I can see you as a stand-up comedian. Uh, I'd have to take up juggling or something. So I, I, I mean, I, I've heard you sing, and the, and the listeners have heard you sing. So you know, no offence, but I think you might have to give that one a swerve. But um, it's terrible <laughs> on this Britain's Got Talent thing, mate. I'll be absolutely shocking. <laughs> um, I think we should get Nathan on the online target at some point. Food, you'd be good about talking about food or presenting your nachos. You're, I've had your legendary nachos, or at least Rose's legendary. Let's give the credit where the credit's due here. Rose's legendary nachos. I, I think I think you should come on, or at least Rose should do a 
uh, a masterclass in vegetarian nachos. Do you think you should be up for that? Possibly so. I'll have a word. I, I don't start talking about nachos. I'm trying to lose some timber and I'll get all those <laughs> nachos. They just come into my head and my head's saying despicable things now. I think I'm... What did you have uh, the weekend? Did you have What did you eat for the game at the weekend? Pizza. Did you? Nice one. You started up an account. Have you not seen it? It's called. Um, I have, but, no, but you haven't mentioned Instagram. on the podcast. Give, tell the listeners, Nathan. This is a great idea. So I I've started up a an account on Instagram. It's called at Pizzas Rated, and it's basically just pizzas being rated from around the world or wherever. Oh, it's I that am. one. I thought you meant the other one that you started. That rude one. That disgusting one. That you were doing things with the thing and put it. <laughs> Putting it up. That's, the my, thing. that's my OnlyFans account. So. <laughs> All right, sorry, I mixed it up. So sorry, yeah. So an Instagram, uh, an Instagram account that uh, is you reviewing the pizzas that you've eaten, right? Wherever you've been, yes. and you, as as listeners will know, Nathan does like to get out and about a bit. And I know that you've been to the pizza motherland recently. Um, oh, it's cracking pizzas out there. Oh, I don't. I'm very. Oh, I miss the pizzas in Italy, man. I'm. Oh, goodness. Um, so what's the ha- what's the handle? It's at pizzas rated. A solid handle. Solid handle. Solid handle. <laughs> <laughs> Speak- I'm going to be un- I'm going going all in on the solid handles today to try and because it's going to be painful for people listening. There's going to be a lot of people that yeah they need um, a, they need rewards. It's going to be it's going to be hysterical negativity, isn't it? So I'm going to have to give a some some strong solid handles out to try and cheer everyone up. Okay. A uh, little reward for, for taking the time to post an ODAT to DZE. Um, but not not that one, then. <laughs> DZE, I'm not, I'm not too generous. Uh, turnovers, I'd put down to Paul Reed and trying to get something going. That's interesting, because Joe Boy did say in his press conference, didn't he, that he was trying to force it, basically. He was desperate to, to get the team back in the game, and that's obviously an element that we, as fans, don't, perhaps recognise too much. Um, but the play calling was anemic, lacked imagination and creativity. Watching the last two games of KC, Browns and Ravens exposes how far off we are at a coaching level. Zach's culture isn't a winning one. He makes a really good point. When you watch other games, when I watched the uh, Arizona and Minnesota game last night, holy Lord, what a game that was. And Kyler Murray, he could be, it could be my favourite, my current... Most favourite non-Bengal to watch? Oh, he's unbelievable, the geese. I've got him on my fantasy football team and I just love, like you said, watching that Minnesota game and Arizona, one of the one of the be one of the games of the season. That first half was absolutely outrageous and obviously was, the missed field goal at the end. But mm. yeah, you, that's a great point about you watch other teams in this, some of these games and it sometimes doesn't feel as flat. Mm. Um Yeah, well, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tip the Bengals at Ireland's Hude. Um Bears set out to stop the run game and succeeded. Taylor had no plan B then. More whiffs on pass protection and quarterback, uh, sorry, cornerback tackling. Issues with Burrow throwing deep, plus a couple of big plays that went against us. Disappointing. Felt it going felt going in. It was a game that we should win. Agreed. Rob Hill at 3-0-0-3. Rob, defence was very good again. Nigel Granger at fleet underscore risk. Um, uh, he says, I'm not panicking yet. We almost won and we should have lost by a bigger score. We need to let Burrow loose and let the players do their thing. Now we know that Chase can catch. Maybe let him. 
Mm-hmm. He did drop one yesterday. He did, didn't he? And and that was an interesting start. And we he also whiffed badly, as the Americans like to say, whiffed badly. Over here, that just means you smell. So he smelled badly on a pass protection thing. He completely missed a block. And uh, I don't know, I can't remember whether it was uh, um, led to a sack or not. But we did see the, the good, the bad and the ugly from Jamar Chase uh, yesterday. But certainly... Like you said earlier, Nathan, you know, Burrow missed him streaking down the sideline, didn't he? He overthrew him and the ball went out of bounds. Um, but then he did he did hook up uh, for a touchdown. Um, but again, you know, he's a young kid, isn't he? He's making his way. And, you know, after two games, I think we, we you would have taken the stats, right, that he's produced after two games, right? Well, 100%. And r- r- rookie receivers take ages to gel in, learn the systems, get their head in the playbook and stuff like that, and build the chemistry. So uh, absolutely, if you saw those stats, you'd take them all day. Michael Smith at Yadar teaches Zumba. I'm not expecting a solid handle for that because you're upset that he changed his solid handle from solid handle to Yadar teaches Zumba. Um, Shocking handle. <laughs> oh, oh. That's a new that's a new one. I'm still too peeved to comment on the game. Could you just play Did He Darius instead? Not yet, uh, Mike. I mean the temptation is just to play Did He Darius every uh episode, all episode, uh after a loss, but we've got to space these out because uh you know, we've got to pick and shoot. Well I've got to pick and shoot. I need to bamboozle Nathan, I can't do it every week. Um uh, Matthew Lacey at Matt Lacey going empty doesn't seem to work. We need more protection around Burrow and just let Higgins, Boyd and Chase feast. Andrew Townsend at Andrew Townsend 2. Eli Apple, at this stage for me, after the first two games, he's a liability. And I'd rather play some lower down the depth chart who wants to prove themselves. It can't be any worse. Well, that segues neatly from Mike's uh, tweet. It's Darius Phillips, surely. Come on down, right? Yeah, they, they don't really like Darius. I mean, I agree. I'd probably give Phillips the um, some reps over Eli Apple based on what I've seen in the first couple of weeks. I know Apple, obviously, first-round pick and he's fairly experienced, but it's not, it's not looked too pretty so far, is it? No. Proud citizen of Wolftown at Robbo Macca. Um, Solid handle. There we go. Our interior line does not give Joe the time to throw. All the receivers enough time to find their roots. Should have broke the bank for Tooney. Typically and unsurprisingly, we didn't. What do you think? I mean, in hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And um... he's right. Bang on. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely should have done. But Tooney from like the Cincinnati or something he grew up in Ohio, didn't he? And he, he's a very good player. Would have really added something to the interior. And I just. I don't know. I think it's Riley Reef's a good addition, but I think it was well, who was it that said earlier in the podcast? But it's not far off, just being the same line from last year, slightly more polished. Obviously, Frank Pollock, people saying is going to add a lot to the line. They still got to wait and see if that's true or not. Um, do you know the disappointing thing for me? It doesn't get brought up enough. Jonah Williams obviously was injured, then he was played a bit, and then he was injured, yeah. and now he's playing again. He was a first-round pick, 11th overall. 
he's not really playing like that, is he? Oh, I, I mean, don't know. I, I think he's, he's all right. All, yeah, I think he's fine. He's all, he's all, yeah, that's what I mean. And, but you want an 11th overall pick to be bloody good, didn't you? You want him yeah, to be a pro yeah. bowler. You want him to be playing, if, even if not at a pro bowl level, a very good level that's threatening the pro bowl and people are banging on about him and stuff in his third season. And I know it's so early and I don't want to blow my load because he played well against the, the Vikings in mm. week one. It didn't play very well yesterday. But he needs to step up because if him and reef can nail down the tackle positions, you hope Trey Hopkins can sort of keep going. Obviously he's coming off an injury as well. He played a bit better yesterday and they can just get the communication together. It might be okay, but we really need Jonah to step up and play um, like that sort of first round 11th overall pick that he was touted to be. So, well, I think the first thing's first, he needs to complete a whole season. That's that's the yeah. thing first. And I would hope that, you know, as he gets into it, you know, he'll get better and better the more playing time he gets. I mean, he, he did, he was playing against Khalil Mack yesterday. He got beat by Khalil Mack um, yesterday. But, you know, who hasn't, frankly? Um, well, I haven't, you haven't, but you know, we play it, NFL players. Um, Ken Davis at Ken Davis, most disappointing game for a long time because my expectations has been heightened. Defense was exemplary, offense was miserable. There was a route to beat the Bears with our passing game, Zach getting a reputation for poor play calling. It nearly cost us the game last week. He's no, he's not wrong, is he? I have to say, he's not wrong. Touchdown tips at touchdown tips. I don't want to dump on Zach, as I know most will, but it's hard not to. We keep leaving third and longs and targeting Higgins non-stop yesterday wasn't working. When we when he went off injured, we just aimed for chase and he should have had one before he found the end zone. Obviously, the game changed on the failed scoop and score, but the defence was very good again, which is a huge positive for this team. We have to beat the Steelers this week with the issues they have. Their offence is dismal. And we should be putting up points, especially if no TJ Watt. What do you think, Nathan? I mean, we can talk about the Steelers game a bit later, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't we, know. Uh, with, with Zach, it's a really difficult one because year one, awful, absolutely diabolical. But obviously, it's his first year. It was a transition year. You kind of... I still think that was a lot worse than people made it out. I think people completely gave him a very generous, completely free pass. There's people in that first season saying we should have been competitive. We had Paul Dana, I believe it was, on this podcast saying that he thought we'd make the playoffs and mm. Zach Taylor had been brought in to sort of get us over the end and we ended up 2-14. and 14. <laughs> So I think that that was awful. And I know, like I said, that people will give him a free pass for it, but it was completely diabolical. And if you look through the first two seasons, not only has the play been poor, there's been some really bad performances in there. There's been some, I don't well, what should we even call it? Unsavory moments with things like the Dunlap situation yeah, yeah, and yeah. even the benching and the handling of the Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton situation, I don't think was particularly fantastic. Um, been a few question marks in and around the team with the, you know what the locker room and stuff. I know all the players have refuted that, but there's been murmurings of it. And mm. you go into year three, we've had three drafts, 11th overall, as we said earlier, first overall and fifth overall. So you've given him a, you know, a selection of all these top rookies um, at the top of each round 
we've spent money in free agency like we've never spent before and that's still not saying a lot but it's more than we've spent mm. certainly probably on the previous five to eight years of Marvin's reign we never really put any money in there and Zach Taylor's been given the checkbook to an extent to bring in some players it's his team there's virtually no one left on it. it's a young team so I get that but I think we need to be realistic about what are our expectations this season because I don't think anyone really knows no one's going out there and saying we, they think we should make the playoffs but then in some ways you think well you know Burrow was the first overall pick we've spent money we've had these three drafts this, Zach Taylor is in year three if you if there's a coach in year three your expectations not to make the playoffs then your expectations aren't high enough and I, I do question really where we're sort of aiming I mean I think most people probably say well if we could win eight games that would be a bad reflection it's certainly a big step forward from where we've been the two years before that but is that good enough and some of these games as you said it's not like we're losing them and Kyler Murray's running around and he's making all these plays and it's exciting football and you can kind of stomach maybe not winning and Taylor's playing wildcats and he's doing God knows what. And it's quite exciting and modern. And we feel like there's progress being made. There's still the same one loss games. The play calling just feels very boring and dull. It just doesn't excite me at times. And I'm not positive at the moment in the direction the team's going with the head coach. I really feel like I need to see a couple of really well-called games, games where we edge out a good win by good coaching, quality time management, bold decisions that pay off to really get me back behind Zach. Because at the moment, and I know it's only one, we're one and one. I think people are naturally after a loss always want to overreact. We're Mm. one and one. We're at 500. There's a long way to go. But you don't want to be seeing many more games like yesterday. And I think if we can't get to at least eight wins this season, that'd be absolute bare minimum for me, eight wins. If we can't get to eight, then his time, in my opinion, should be over. Troy Snyder at Troy underscore Snyder. I've tried to be optimistic about Taylor as the head coach, but realistically, he just might not be that great. Matthew, uh, Matt, uh, lose defence is the bright spot. Jamie at Trecott Beaster says uh, four turnovers and four drives was classic Bengals. Marvin Lewis gets this team into the playoffs, no question. And he, wants, Marvin. and he wants to apologise to Lou Anarumu for calling him Poo Anarumu in, in weeks past. So um, Let's get Marvin back in, son. Oh, man. Uh, I'd love it, mate. I'd absolutely love it. (laughs) Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram um, is fearful that we're going to lose Joe B again. Uh, Matt Harding, at Matt P. Harding, wants to take the positives. He says, defence impressive again, get the offensive firing, and we're we're going in the right direction. You'd have taken one and one before the season started. See, I had them down for 2-0 after this game, I must say. It's a fair point. It is a fair point. I think if the game, I think Minnesota are going to be a lot better than Chicago this year. And if you'd lost that first game at home, but then you'd beaten Chicago, I think you maybe see it slightly differently. Um, I think when you said, didn't you, two and zero? You probably they're just winnable games, aren't they? That's why I think you, even though sort of typically, if you'd said the season was shaken up another way and we'd gone one and one, you'd be like, yeah, that's not a bad start. But considering it is Minnesota at home and Chicago with um, Fields coming in midway through the game, um, I think you maybe just want a bit more than that. You want to be a bit greedy and take the two and zero oh, because you know you've got some difficult games down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people are a little bit more negative than perhaps they should be. 
Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter uh, underscore. Uh, I don't think one tweet can do it justice, but I do think it's systematic. Uh, the kind of the whole thing. We don't give ourselves a chance to be successful because we don't operate in the margins enough. We were crying out for some pass rush on third downs. Didn't sign a veteran. We needed some interior O-line help. Didn't sign a proper option free agent. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, Moz says, we at Moza92, we are far too conservative. Joe was seeing ghosts at times even before the interception. Not quite sure he was seeing ghosts, but I, I perhaps, I don't know, don't know, don't know. Man Abelhosen at Man Abelhosen. Uh, do you think the offensive play could be limiting the play calling and playbook? Borrow on pace to be sacked 60 plus times this year. Uh, I don't know, man. And and uh, Phil Hatton just um, uh, just round this up with the last two. It's difficult to say, isn't it, whether why the offensive line isn't communicating properly, isn't executing properly. And you'd hope Frank Pollock will make a difference going forward. Uh, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Solid handle. Easy to blame ZT, but massive player miscues undermine the plan. Borrow made some mistakes there and shouldn't be exempt from criticism with mitigation either. Still got some hope left for the season. I think that's very good points, uh, Phil. And uh, Ross, just to echo what we said earlier, Ross at Nosy Render. So, solid handle. <laughs> What's Marvin Lewis up to? Um, Poor Marvin. Okay. Bring it back. I hope, I hope that's. Uh, I hope you're all happier now that you've got that all out of your system. Um I mean, Steelers this week, I think uh, someone mentioned it there, really. I think it was Adam, Touchdown Tips, who said that um, this is a fantastic opportunity to beat the Steelers. I mean, their defence will keep them in games uh, if their offence falls. And I think if our defence plays as well as they have done the past couple of games, I think we've got a real shot at shutting them down, um, or at least limiting them. I don't think you'll ever shut... An NFL team down because everyone's got really good players, but this is—I—I I, I think this is a good chance, and I think you know I would hope there's some sort of reaction on offense this this week. But the the game plan needs to be spot on, absolutely spot on against this team. Yeah, I completely agree. You've de- there's definitely an opportunity there with the injuries and the Steelers. The Steelers look decent, don't they? They don't look fantastic. They look like a sort of. Um, maybe just above 500 team. Obviously, Taylor got the win against him last time. He's going to be wanting that desperately again. For me, we, I just want to see a good performance. It's always going to be difficult against the Steelers. That's not a game that you're going to expect to go in there and blow them out. I think if we can give the Steelers a really good game and look a bit sharper and the defence continues to play well, I'd take that. I just don't want to see us get blown out. I also don't want to see potentially a bad game and then we lose it in a, t- a bit of an ugly game like that because we, we you know we need to be getting wins on the ball but if we can play well and really keep ourselves in the game I think I'd take that with as long as we beat the Jags on Thursday night football yeah. because they, if you can come out of those four first four games at two and two I think we'd take that we move on we, we're at 500 you know there's a, a long way to go I think you'd be happy enough with that but you've got to beat the Jags at home on Thursday night football there um, but yeah, it, it's gonna be. It's always been a feisty one against the Steelers as well, isn't it? So it is. Let's hope for a repeat of the Von Bell Poo Poo Smith Pooster incident last uh, last year, uh, and let's hope for a repeat of the last time we played uh, those 
spitting idiots up there in Pittsburgh. Um, I, that's shocking that was, wasn't it? That trade turner. In a pandemic as well. What a, yuck. He's got to be suspended for that, the geezer. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, we will be back next week uh, to talk about the Steelers game. Uh, so do join us again. Uh, beforehand, we will have the online tailgate on Sunday at 4.30 uh, British time, 11.30 Eastern. So do tune into that. But until then, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.